Good morning. I am indeed Michael, Mike, uh, interim staff elder here at Church of the City. My pleasure to serve here in that capacity. And um, it's good to be here this morning on a unique day. It doesn't happen but once every so many years. I get confused with how it works with the leap years, where this happens once every sixth, seventh, or eighth year that we will have a Sunday service right on New Year's Eve, just like we had a Sunday that fell right on Christmas Eve last week. So, it's good to take advantage of that today. And think about how at this time of year, we're engaged in two things. We are looking back on the year that was, and we're looking forward to the year to come. And if you turn on your television or look in your paper or whatever, like on your phone, social medias, you'll see these two things happening right now, both people looking back, all kinds of year in review programs or articles, uh, or looking forward, making predictions for the year to come, or we do it at a personal level. You may spend time looking back and doing some reflection on the year that was, or looking forward and making a resolution for the year to come. So we stand at the, on this, uh, this hinge of, of time between the past year and the year to come. I think most of us, when we, in terms of that forward-looking stance, we stand at this moment with a, with a certain degree of, of, of optimism and hope and excitement. Uh, we know what happens with most of our New Year's resolutions, but still we're kind of excited that it seems like change is, is on the horizon. If we're sober-minded and thinking about it, at the same time we realize, especially if you look back at the year that was, so much happened in the past year that you weren't expecting, that you weren't anticipating. And so we'll, we'll realize if we stop and think about it that, that we don't know so much of what is coming ahead of us. The future is unexpected. It's unknown to us. And we'll in, encounter lots of that unexpected. Much of it will be great. New opportunities. There will be successes on the path ahead for you. And as you know, because you've been living this life for some time, now there will also be challenges. There will be trials, some very significant ones. But as followers of Jesus, what we can be sure of is that we can head into this future, unknown though it is, unpredictable though it is, unknown to us, and unpredictable to us, certain that there will be in addition to these successes and opportunities, there will be trials and challenges. We can head into that future with not naivety, not a naive hope and optimism, but with a deep-rooted faith and confidence and hope. Because we are trusting in God, the God who is utterly faithful, who is totally steadfast in his love towards us and who is always merciful. So we come to this space today 
wanting to look back in order to move ahead with this kind of faith and confidence. And we can do it because God is faithful, steadfast in love, and merciful. We know this is true in a couple of ways. We know it from God's word. God has revealed himself in history, and we have that revelation in his word. The Bible tells us what God is like, and in many places, in some very powerful ways, it combines these ideas together of God's faithfulness, his steadfast love, and his mercy. So we can see this in God's word. We also know it and see it in our experience. We're not just dealing with ideas about God in the abstract. And the Bible just doesn't say these are these uh, realities of God, these ideas you should believe, regardless of whether you see them work out in reality. God himself is the one who says, this is what I'm like, and look what I've done. The Bible itself both declares who God is and narrates the acts of God in history, in real time. And this is what we're celebrating this Christmas season, right? That God became flesh and dwelt among us, entered into our real experience in real time. God is the God who shows up in our lives. So, we can come to this space this morning and engage in what is an, an ancient biblical practice. Looking back in order to look forward. God's people have been doing this as long as there have been a God's people. We look back to see how God has undertaken for us, how God has come through for us, how God has worked for those who wait for him in order to then move ahead with confidence that God will continue to be there for us and undertake for us. This is an ancient biblical practice looking back in order to move ahead with confidence and telling our God stories to one another. This is in many places in Scripture, particularly in the Psalms, where God's people come together and proclaim his works, what he has done. Because it helps us learn. We don't just get up and, and read the Bible. We do that. It's our source. It's how we know who God is. It's the source that's calling us to proclaim those works. But God also wants us to tell our stories of how he's actually shown up in our lives, in our families, in our neighborhoods to inspire confidence that just as he has been there, he will be there in these unpredictable and unknown days ahead. So as we've been saying the last few weeks, we wanted this morning to give you an opportunity to tell your stories, for you to join in uh, this teaching time this morning and, and to have a voice and to share what God has done in your life. And I want to frame that with a reflection on one of these psalms that binds a lot of these ideas together. This is Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. 
Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them. Yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips. As you know, O Lord, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. For evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Aha, aha. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. I love this passage of Scripture. If we have any U2 fans, you know there's an old U2 song simply called 40 that draws its lyrics directly from the beginning of this psalm. It's wonderful. It celebrates God. It's raw. It's real about the, the nature of life. And just to draw attention to a few quick details to, to frame up our stories here. Notice, notice how the psalmist here both looks back and looks ahead. The very beginning of the psalm, he's looking back. I waited for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction. He's looking back to a time when God has rescued him from something. From what? We don't know. If it's a psalm of David, there's all kinds of uh, things that David needed to be delivered from in his life, both externally, sometimes it was his sin. You see the wrestling with sin. Um, the, the confession of iniquities here later on in this psalm, speaking very broadly, it could be applied to a thousand situations where God has showed up to save. He looks back and says, God has showed up and saved. And this enables him to look to the future and trust that God will do it again. Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and faithfulness will ever preserve me. Now he's looking forward. And so he can say at the end, you are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. Looking back 
in order to move ahead with faith, with hope, with confidence. Notice also that he looks to God's character and to his experience. So he repeats these words that come uh, so often together in Scripture. God's faithfulness, steadfast love, his mercies. Lamentations 3 has that beautiful passage right in the midst of a lot of lamentation and, and misery. He says, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And you could study these words and they all have rich meaning. Taken all together, I think they say something like, we can be sure that God will always be there for us with all of his goodness and all of his good intentions. God will always be there. He'll always show up. He will always undertake. He will always act on your behalf. He will always be there for you with all of his goodness and with all of his good intentions. This is who the Bible tells us God is. This is who the psalmist experienced. He experienced this in his life. Again, not just ideas, really played out in life. Our experience doesn't always feel like that. What I just said, God will always be there for you and all his goodness. And you think it doesn't always feel like that. God is faithful. He doesn't change like the shifting shadow. Sometimes it feels like he does. Psalmist is real about this too. Hear those words. I waited patiently for the Lord. Didn't necessarily show up right when I felt like he should, right when I asked. At the end, do not delay, oh my God. Maybe there's going to be a delay. We know from life there often is a delay. And yet, God's word calls us to his character to believe, but he will show up. And so faith calls us to trust in God and his faithfulness and goodness. We look to God's character, to our experience of it in our lives. And then notice, and you may have noticed as I was reading, I kind of stopped to emphasize these points where the psalmist shows that we are wired up to tell these stories. God wants us to tell our stories. Not to guilt anybody, but he kind of applies the pressure here when he says, I have not restrained my lips. I haven't concealed your steadfast love, which would mean if we never tell it, maybe we're concealing and restraining. And if God, it's like God has acted in our lives and he wants us to make it known. He wants us to stand up and proclaim from the Bible who he is, and he wants us to tell how he showed up in each other's lives. And what it does is it inspires us with, with joy, with worship. He put a song in my mouth, and many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. So as I tell you my story, you tell me yours, we're inspired, and we see and we fear and worship, and we come to a deeper point of trust in God. So, that brings us to you and to your stories. I'm just going to come down here and I'm going to invite you to come forward. Take 20, 30 seconds, take a minute or two. If you're wondering, I don't know if my story fits 
uh, it does. Um, there's, there's a broad category. Um, any way that, that God is, you feel come through for you. And we're not preaching a prosperity gospel here. This doesn't mean you come up here and tell us if you got healed from some disease or won the lottery or something this year. I mean, if, if some great thing happened, that's part of the God's stories too. But it's, it can also be, and often is, just how he's met you in a, in a difficult time or, or season. So it's an open invitation. It's an open floor. And for some, I'll invite some bold soul to lead us off and come tell us what God has done for you in 2023. And I'm just going to say, I know a lot of you. I don't know everybody's name. So as you get up, and maybe others don't know, so just quickly your name, Margaret Jones. Yes, that's right, thank you. Thank you, Mike, for giving us this opportunity. Uh, I was reviewing my journal um, this week, and I found 13 different times where God had just poured out something amazing. And the point I want to make is that eight of those times, the situation looked impossible like impossible, like how on earth can this change? I don't have any idea how this is going to change, and God changed it. Somehow, you know, maybe different than I thought, but he came through. And I'll just mention one of the times I had a um, procedure done on my heart for uh, irregular heartbeat, and so that was a little anxious time, but that went very, very well. But I got a second miracle out of that, which was totally unexpected. I had come to, the, come to the procedure extremely short of breath, and in fact, my heart was in a little bit of heart failure, and nobody had figured that out. And so I ended up getting readmitted to hospital, and I got that fixed. So I'm not short of breath anymore. So God is so amazing. He, he is very trustworthy. Awesome, amen. Thank you for that, Margaret. God likes to come through in impossible situations. For the sake of others, would you? Can you guys hear me okay? No. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay, but my hand's shake. Can you hold it for me? Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm Tamsin, for those who don't know me. Um, a week ago when you said we'd be doing this, Right away, I knew God was going to have me speak, and I didn't want to. And all week, I was like, God, no, I'm not doing it. Choose someone else. There's going to be so many people who are going to have so much to share. I won't have to go up. But, you know, we are obedient when he calls, so here I am. So for the last couple of months, my family has been in a very difficult season. There's a kid's book that talks about when Jesus was on the lake with his disciples resting and the storm comes up and um, the disciples are like getting upset and at one point they just scream out in giant bubbles we're dying don't you care and I think we eventually reached that point about six weeks ago where it's like God don't you care 
But the Lord has shown us in the last six months through strangers, believers, non-believers, people in this church, tangible, palpable ways of providing for our needs. It's actually been astonishing. It's, it's been crazy. People we've reached out to and have said yes. People that have reached out to us who are not believers, who have said, hey, we just want to give this to you. We want to bless you with this. Um, uh, it's, it's actually been overwhelming. And we are actually not out of this season yet. And sometimes I think we feel like we can only give God glory when we've come to the other side. But he's really teaching us that he's with us in the storm, in the wilderness, whatever it is. And I never thought I needed to be taught this lesson that he is our God and we are his people. But he's teaching my husband and I that we are his people and he's our God in whatever season we're in. And that is a really great gift as we continue to struggle. It's an enormous blessing for us to be able to learn this lesson and with so much grace and gentleness and mercy from the Lord at the same time. So I just want to encourage anyone who is still in the storm in the wilderness that we don't have to come out through to the other side to see the glory of God and to experience his mercy and love. Thank you, Tamson, for that your honesty and that is deeply encouraging I'm Kathy. Um, a while ago, I was, um, I fell and I hurt my groin. And I was even on a cane. I had started um, physiotherapy. And then one night at um, potluck, I was prayed for. And two days later, I was off the cane. My leg was fine and I've never had a problem since. Wonderful, thank you. Thank you, Kathy. And, and I got hacked and my computer stupid me and when uh, me, me, me moved out. Wait a minute, I got hacked and wake me right up. But praise the Lord, I forgot to change my password. And uh, I'm still not happy about the place where I live. It's making me sick, but it's a place for now. But I got my, my money back, thank God. They, they, they wiped me right out. Um, I heard my, 
from my granddaughter. And uh, I'm trusting the Lord um, to hear from my youngest. I don't know where she is. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. All these stories, they both inspire us, they give us opportunity for praise, and as you can hear, give us um, an idea of things we can be continuing to pray for, uh, for each other, as we move forward ahead as well. Do have time for more. Oh, now we have a a rush, I love it. Um, hey, I'm Lucas. I think a few of you know me. Um, long story short, my brother should not be here. Um, should be dead. Um, yeah, there was just um, some complications uh, with his heart and just went in for emergency open heart surgery uh, here in October. Um, I think we we kind of counted it out. Um, I think like four or five distinct miracles on uh, on first his his discovery of it and through all the procedures and stuff. And now on the other side, um, he's expected to make a full recovery, which is nuts with with uh, how crazy um, his uh, his condition was um, at, at the start. So yeah, praise God for that. Thanks, Lucas. I'm Lauren, for those of you who don't know me. Um, in October, I got engaged, and that was incredibly exciting. But knowing that that was a new season of life that I was entering, I started to pray that God would re reveal to me anything that maybe we hadn't talked about yet or some past hurt um, in my life that I could ask for forgiveness for, whatever the case may be. And God was so faithful to reveal some huge hurt that I know that I had inflicted on someone. I was so ashamed of that, and for a week I just carried around what felt like a huge weight, and I was so scared to talk to anyone about it. But I went to the person, and I said, hey, I wrote them a letter, and I was like, I just need your forgiveness. Like, this was horrible, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry for how that affected you and me and whatever. And they just looked at me and they're like, you're forgiven. It's okay, like, I accept your apology. And I broke in that moment. And then I was like, I don't want to tell my fiance. This is so scary. Okay, God, I did the first thing. Do I really have to do the second? And my heart was pounding for the rest of the day. And I was like, okay, I need to talk to him. And then I did. And then he also forgave me. And so I think that God revealed to me that my life does not have to be perfect in order to still be forgiven by him and by the people who I've hurt. Um, and so I think I felt incredibly encouraged by that, knowing that God is faithful to forgive me, but that he will give other people the same strength. Thank you, Lauren. As the next person is boldly making their way down, I'll just say that Lamentations passage that I mentioned, I love how it says that the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. It's like every day is a blank page. It's a fresh start with God. Uh, it's, we can take that for granted, and it's, it's, it's amazing. 
but uh, just forgiveness and mercy. We heading into a new year, knowing that we'll always have that opportunity to experience His new mercies every morning. Probably have time for one or two more, and I have some backups. No, here's mine, one of mine. This past year, you know, go through our lives uh, praying for our loved ones and so grateful for our, our family and our friends who are followers of Jesus and we pray for those, uh, our loved ones who aren't following Jesus and it can be, it's so exciting when someone does come to faith and it just can seem frustrating when that, when that doesn't happen. Um, so I, you know, I've prayed for my family, extended family, off and on over the years. And if I'm honest, there are times when I probably lose hope and wonder what's the point. It just doesn't seem like I want revival breaking out all the time. And there have been mo- seasons where that's happened more and just, you know, it seems like God's moving um, in, in a powerful way in that regard. And then other times it just seems like that's not happening. So... I have this one uncle, my uncle Ted, great guy, always a, was a, a hoot, um, always got along well with him. He um, was a local legend where we grew up, Fast Eddie was his, uh, <laughs> his nickname, uh, party guy, um, one of those guys everybody loved, but um, he'd grown up very nominally in the church, it was not a significant part of his life at all for most of his life. My mom told me, uh, my mom's brother, and she told me a, a year or two ago that um, Uncle Ted got baptized with his his longtime um, his partner in, um, they lived out on the island, Vancouver Island, and him and Ted and Viv got baptized. And I thought, really, that seems, I wasn't expecting that. I was like, I thought I'd like to talk more about that at some point, about his faith journey. But we didn't live that close and didn't really get much of an opportunity. They were visiting out here this summer and um, came to Church of the City one Sunday morning when I was uh, speaking. It was so great to have them here. If you were sitting over in this section and remember a phone going off right in the middle of the sermon <laughs> sometime early July, that was my Uncle Ted forgot to turn his phone off and we had a laugh about that after but I wanted to share this here because you're part of Ted's story he came to him and Viv came to church to, to worship here with us at reunion that Sunday morning and afterwards they were just beaming and they said Ted said you can just feel the love <laughs> you just feel the love and they loved the worship service and they said we'd love to if we were here we'd love to come and be part of this church and they were making plans to move back here um, at some point in the near future, but in, in November, we got a call, Ted had got a lung infection into the hospital, and we're like, you know, those sorts of things happen, and we know they can turn out bad, but really we're expecting, he gets medicine, gets treated, and gets out, but within, within less than a week, he had passed away. 69 years old, he would have been 70 just about a week ago. So it was a shock, and it was sad, but at the same time, I was just, filled with this gratitude to God. I, got, I, I was asked to do Ted's service, and it was in our hometown up in Fergus. There was a lot of people came. He had a lot of friends. And I had an opportunity to get up and tell a story of 
and to include in that story just Ted's faith journey. And I didn't know a ton about it. I, I knew something of it, and I talked to Viv, and she filled me in on some of the details, and I was able to just get up and say to the people, like, you're probably wondering if you showed up at the right funeral here. <laughs> but uh, this, was, this was his story. So I'm just, I'm, I'm looking back over the year, and that's the thing I'm just, every time I think of it, I'm so grateful to God that I was able to know my uncle, that he was able to come to this simple faith in Christ toward the end of his life, and that I had an opportunity to be part of letting his old friends and family know about that. So, hoping for more of the same, want to be inspired with confidence. God's still working. God's still opening eyes, drawing people to himself and saving. Becky's going to close us out here. Um, yeah, I was sort of debating whether I would share or not, but I just wanted to share a story of... Um, yeah, changed life through Alpha on campus. So I had this amazing opportunity, which I've done a number of years. Um, some of the campus Christian groups um, put together or host Alpha on campus starting in January. So this started about e just about a year ago, and I had yeah, a young man in my group who was, came from an atheist family, like both his parents were atheists, and, and was just wrestling with like faith and trying to understand um, who Jesus was and but like was just really seeking but you could feel like this spiritual battle like we'd pray he'd leave he was struggling with lots of different things in his life um, and he'd leave and we wouldn't see him and then and then we'd pray and then he'd come back and um, yeah the week the final week of the Alpha course he shared with our group like was the very last person to share and saying that he just like came to this like low, low point and just, um, he's like, I asked, he just said, I asked God to save me. And like through tears, he said, I asked God to save me and he did, that's what he said. And it was just incredible, like, and he, it has not been smooth and there's been some challenges and in the fall, like we sort of thought he was drifting away again and, God has like used some, for some reason we've built some trust and so he's used me to kind of um, sort of reach out and, and sort of pull him back in a little bit. Um, but one re other really beautiful moment with all of that is um, um, the KGs and Luce and Catherine, um, he came on, like he'd only been a Christian for a few weeks and he came with us to... Um, the Stations of the Cross reflection. And he came and took communion with us for the very first time. He'd only been a Christian like just a few weeks. And so he said, oh, well, I haven't been baptized yet when we came to the communion station. And I said, oh, that's okay. We have an open table. And then I went to Spencer quickly. And I was like, that's right, right? <laughs> um, yeah, and he got to, to have communion for the first time as a believer with us. And so, yeah, continuing, continue to pray for him. Like, I think there's still lots to... Can, um, yeah, connect, but he's been connected with a church. He commutes from Burlington, and so he's connected with a church and wants to get baptized in Lake Ontario. So I think that window may have closed at this point, but hopefully in the spring. So thanks, guys. Thanks, Becky, and thanks, everybody, for sharing your God stories today. We know from God's word, 
He's faithful, steadfast in his love and merciful. And we've heard those stories today, stories of God's sustenance, provision, forgiveness, salvation. God is alive. He's been at work and he's going to be at work in 2024. Let me close us out by returning to the words at the end of this psalm that send us forward with this confidence and with anticipation. May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. Amen.